Next on BYU Sports Nation, how to cope with a 25-point home loss to Utah State. What has to change so BYU football doesn't lose a third straight game? Will there be a change at the quarterback position? The pros and cons of Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson. Plus, it's another Maddich Monday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich gives his midseason BYU football evaluation. What would he change? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, October 8th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us as you start off your week. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is currently on a 10-minute social media fast, Jerem Jordan. I'm at work. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Plus, I haven't been specifically asked to do so. <laughs> Will you go on a 10-minute social media fast? Oh, I fast all the time off social all right. media. I'll all wait right, to have Twitter man. up yeah. right now. Never mind. <laughs> like, about- like, personal is different than uh, work, right? It is? I thought the two were completely intertwined. Oh, wait. What? Well, I've been wrong this whole is, time, apparently. Work is personal for us a lot. I've been wrong. I've been wrong. How about this Monday show lineup? That's for sure. Longtime ESPN college football insider Trevor Maddish. Ignore. Uh, Trevor Maddish joins us in 15 minutes. Who would he start at quarterback when BYU hosts Hawaii this Saturday night? In 30 minutes, which of BYU season opponents pulled off the biggest upset last weekend? And big deal, no deal returns after a minor moratorium, all of BYU's bowl projections in about 40 minutes. I'm seeing a lot of Dallas and the potential of Detroit. BYU's going to make a bowl game? That's great. I'm excited. (laughs) Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars back to work after a blowout home loss to Utah State on Friday night, 45 to 20 BYU football drops to three and three on the season. They will host 6-1 Hawaii on Saturday night. The latest reaction from BYU coaches and players happens today, immediately following BYU Sports Nation on Coordinator's Corner. Cougars in the NFL update. Jamal Williams had six carries for 33 yards and caught a two-point conversion pass in a Green Bay Packers loss to the Detroit Lions. They are looking into if he can kick field goals and PATs. Niners linebacker Fred Warner had three tackles and a loss to the Cardinals. Mason Crosby, what happened? I have no idea. Make way for Monday Night Football with Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints. They host the Washington Redskins in the Big Easy at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Hill has rushed for 67 yards on seven attempts this season and recorded stats in, like, I don't know, 27 other categories. And the BYU women's soccer team extends its win streak to four with an overtime win at San Diego 2-1. to one. Elise Flake scored the... Game winner in OT as the Cougars win that matchup. Cougars 3-0 in league play. Hey, and they trailed and won for the first time this season. Nicely done, ladies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We've all had the weekend to process it and the weekend to be welcomely distracted by some other things. Hashtag two-hour church. So as of today, embracing the role of Monday morning quarterback BYU Sports Nation and digesting what happened on Friday night, what is your reaction to BYU's loss to Utah State? Jeremy, you answer first. 
I'm still as disappointed as I was on our Saturday show that, in case you missed it, uh, we will present a lot of that uh, similar stuff, different angles today. But, uh, what? What? Losing is one thing, okay? Not being competitive against a team that you've traditionally beaten is another. Every facet of BYU football played poorly. There wasn't a side of the ball, you know, among the three that was that was good, okay? Uh, the offense had 14 rushing yards until the final drive. That tells you everything that you need to know. If BYU can't run the ball, they haven't been able to pass the ball effectively. I don't know why BYU can't pass the ball effectively. We'll talk about that in a moment. Should BYU change the quarterback or not? The defense gave up 45 points. 45 points? And to a group five team at home? Like, this is rare. This is rare company. Um, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Last time BYU gave up 45-plus at home to a group of five team and lost? 2005 TCU. It's been 13 years. Yeah. Chris Hale doesn't make the tackle at the goal line, or maybe he did, and there wasn't goal line technology. To... Anyway, it's been a long time. Second most points allowed in the Sataka era, by the way. Toledo. 2016 was the other game. So Utah State, you're telling me in, in, in the last three years, Utah State scored more points against BYU than the following teams. Wisconsin, Washington, LSU, Mississippi State, Boise State, UCLA, West Virginia in singular games. Well, like, what happened? Uh, BYU has now lost 3 of 5 to Utah State, and right now Kalani Satake has a 500 record through two and a half years. There's some poor trends at this point, right? So that's the most disappointing thing. Losing is disappointing. Not competing for a second game in a row. It's Utah State. It's really disappointing. Well, BYU's defense didn't get much of a break when they started the game essentially down seven to nothing thanks to a fifty-three yard pick six. And, and that's with Zane Anderson playing. A BYU fumble shortly thereafter, which gave Utah State a good offense, field position inside the thirty-five. No wonder it was fourteen to nothing before we could blink. Utah State was gifted essentially two touchdowns. So as much as people want to say, oh, man, the BYU defense gave up 45, yikes. It was not entirely on the BYU defense, and the tone was set in, it, in the worst way possible. But, okay, take those two off the board, then. It was still, what, 31? 31. 31 is 31, too much at 31 home, bro. is not great, but 31 is not 45. 31's bad still, though. Like, the BYU defense is at fault. They zero, are zero, at fault just zero like takeaways, right? They lost as a team, all facets. Yes. They lost as yes, a team. Yes, but let's break it down. They, the defense didn't put BYU in position to win the game. The offense didn't put BYU in position to win the game. Special teams was whatever because BYU was never really in the game. The game-winning score happened 18 minutes in. And at that point, Utah State had equaled the number of points that Wisconsin scored against BYU. Like, everyone stunk. In this game. Because this game happened on Friday night, we've had an extra day now to process. And knowing that Hawaii is coming to Provo with a 6-1 and record is kind of pushing my mind to, okay, as bad as that was, how's BYU going to handle 6-1 and Hawaii? Typically, Utah State and BYU, if that game happens on Saturday, I'm still mostly thinking about it. It happened on Friday night, so I had an extra day to think about it. I'm not as panicked as I was because I think that some fluky things happened and BYU played about as poorly as they could. 
It, this I thought this was the worst we have seen them play all season. We've seen yeah. the high against yeah. Wisconsin, and now we've seen a new low against Utah State. So, and I, I didn't think we could reach a new low after getting dominated oh, by that's Washington. The, that's the number it's, seven team in the country it's, in Seattle. It's because it's Utah State, too. It's in Provo as well. And it's in Provo. Oh, there are new Listen, levels of low no, coming off of that game. No, th- this is, this is uh, one of the low marks right now for BYU football recently, the last couple of years. We've seen You could argue top five in independence, Lomark. Like this seen, is a really low situation. We've seen a top three moment in independence in terms of high winning at Wisconsin and now a bottom three moment I don't, losing to Utah State. I don't understand how this this team three weeks later could be so different. Like I'm really confused and uh quite frankly this bothered. Is, this I'm is really the bothered. Same, about this, this is the same idea as how does BYU basketball beat top-ranked Gonzaga in Spokane and then lose to a team like Pepperdine at home. Yeah, hoops is different for me. What? I, okay, I, so- I feel like the best football team like wins 95% of the time because it's really physical. It's about power. It's about speed. In basketball, you have an off-shooting night. Like, it's a fickle thing. You know, football is more controllable to the better team. I, I'm not as panicked because I feel like this is the worst that we're going to see BYU play all season. Definitely disappointing. That was last week, and then it got worse. Well, again, it's, it's, now that I th- you think about it, that was in Seattle against the now number seven ranked team in the country. I know, but getting dominated is two weeks in a row. It's, it's one like, thing to get oh. dominated on the road by a top ten team and another to get dominated at home. I know, it's worse. By an unranked team. I know, and it's rival. worse yes. to get dominated at home by a group of five. Also that is this. a rival that you've dominated historically. S- step back. BYU's 3-3, three and three, which is exactly where we thought they would be at this juncture of the season. Most of us, anyway. Right. But expectations should change based on what happens. They should, you should expect Okay, well, more what are your less. expectations now, then? Get to a bowl game. Which is exactly where we started this whole thing. Right. But it changed. BYU's ranked 20th. It, sh- it should have changed. It should have been more. It should have been more. Okay, we're six games into the season. Halfway. Can you believe that? Halfway. There's been plenty of time to figure things out if they're going well or not. Aside from what appears to be an amazing one-off at Wisconsin, the Cougars are bad on offense. Bottom 30 in points, yards, pass yards, rush yards, yards per play. The Cougars should look at Zach Wilson playing or even starting this week. They should at least consider it. I'm sure they are. Spencer, let's break down the pros and cons of starting Tanner Mangum or Zach Wilson. Okay, let's start with Tanner Mangum and his pros. He is clearly the veteran in this conversation. Yeah. He's got a ton of experience. No question. Next. Okay. Also, the coaches trust him to make the necessary adjustments at the line in all the particulars of this offense, which is why I think they went with him to go because of the experience and because they trust him to protect the ball and be a game manager. None of those things happened Friday night, so apparently it's not working. Like, well, like they had 14 how, how, rush yards. Okay, how can we – we need to be Tanner, fair to him. Tanner had a pick and a fumble. That fumble's completely We need to be, we need to be fair to him. Tanner Mangum because we're getting lost in the recency bias. You're right, it didn't happen on Friday night. I'm but did at, it happen against Arizona? Did it happen against Wisconsin? Did no. it happen against McNeese? Like, he took care of the ball. McNeese was a bad offensive game. It was 200 yards or less, right? Or 300 yards or less? He didn't turn um, the ball over against Washington. If – don't turn it. If not turning the ball over is the standard, then he's an All-American, okay? But it's way more than that. I'm looking at last year. I'm looking at this year. I know it's two different offenses, but guess what? They both stink at this point, statistically. It's not happening. It's not getting done, okay? So we're discussing the pros. Let's discuss the cons. The BYU offense isn't good, regardless of whether BYU's had the run game or not, okay? He's not throwing the ball well. 5.7 yards per attempt is bad. He's not even in the top 100 
among quarterbacks in yards per attempt. Okay, how much of that is on Tanner Mangum and the design of the offense, though? I don't think the design of the offense is for him to not pass well. Like it's per attempt, so it's based on. It's not based on total volume. It's based on when you throw. How good are your throws? How how. Many yards are you getting? Okay, so it takes into account amount. If the defense is giving him the drop offs, that number is going to be understandably low. Right, but uh, they're not just giving him the drop offs. He can do better. TD, TD, he has five touchdown passes in six games. Sorry, does this say BYU right here or does it say like New Mexico State? It says BYU passing. Come on, where is it? BYU's offense isn't good enough right now. And it wasn't good enough last year in the eight games he played. It's not good enough. So change it. Is now the time to change it, though, knowing Absolutely. that there is a bye week following no. Hawaii. Why wait? Hawaii is bottom two, two weeks. Hawaii is bottom two thirds in points, yards, and yards per play. Now's the time. This is the week. Do it. Why? Okay. So why can't Tanner Mangum exploit that? Is my question. Why couldn't he exploit Hawaii's back? I've been defense? asking that for six games. Why couldn't? Would this be the worst defense? You, in your opinion, would this be the worst defense that BYU has faced all season? No, McNeese would be the worst defense. You think McNeese's defense is worse than Hawaii? Yes, I think the FCS players from Louisiana are worse than the FBS players on a 6-1 okay, Hawaii well, all team. All right. Okay. Yes. Okay. I don't know that there's now, a straight-up guarantee now, there. If Tanner Mangum hasn't done it yet, why would he? Make the change. Okay, let's discuss Zach Wilson. Here. Okay, Zach Wilson pros. He's been with the program since January. Yes, he's been. It's not like he was thrown into this in August. Okay, so I'm not basing uh, my uh, evaluation of Zach Wilson on one drive. That would be foolish. But that one drive was good, okay? Oh, I'm, but I, some of it's based on that. Sure. Admit I, it. Yeah. Right? Everybody's I, basing that on, on yes. the one drive I'm not that saying saw. he should start based off one drive. I'm saying he should start because Tanner Mangum's not been good enough. Even if he hadn't played a second, I would— what I would say go with what it. What were we saying about Tanner Mangum after Arizona and Wisconsin, though? That's what that's what gets me. It's like I know, everybody but games has, have been played. Everybody has forgotten. Like, oh, oh, it's time. It's don't get lost in the recency bias. The coaches will I'm look not, at six I'm look, games. I'm looking at six games. The coaches will look at six games. You know what? I look at six games and I see the nation's twelfth worst scoring offense, sixth worst total offense, how much and fifteenth worst him, yards per play. Why is it all on it's, Tanner Mangum? I'm not saying it is. But You're I'm saying, saying that you need it is change. because you want a quarterback change, though. Yes. Why should it stay the same? Why? If Hawaii's defense is bad, I'm just saying. At what point it is, is it enough? Do you it's not half want, the if you're going to make a quarterback change, do you not want to give Zach Wilson a lot of time and as many reps as possible with the ones before you just have to go? If, they, if BYU feels like they can beat Hawaii with Tanner Mangum, and, and they say, you know they what? probably he, can, but you're building for more than Hawaii. You're building for the rest well, of the Well, you got season. two weeks after Hawaii. You got two weeks after Hawaii. So why not, if you're going to make a quarterback change, they do it take, after Hawaii? Do it now. Do it. I say do it now. Like, listen, the fan base needs something to be excited about. And that excitement could be in the form of Zach Wilson oh, starting. Oh, no question. That I it think, would put, see, I it think would put today, people in the seats. Today, BYU should say... We're going to play Zach Wilson. We're still figuring out if he's going to start, but we are going to play him this week. Who gives BYU the best chance to get to a bowl game? Because we are talking about livelihoods and jobs potentially on the line if BYU does not go to a bowl game. Well, if you continue with this offense, then, yeah, you're in trouble. Because this is one of the top 30 worst offenses in the country. The offense isn't actually better than last year. The numbers are better, but national ranks and yards per play, but all the relative things, it's not good. 
It, I, listen, I think that BYU can be a decent offense. I really do. But if they can't run the ball, then what? Because that, Tanner Mangum is not throwing the ball well, and we think that Zach Wilson has a better arm and legs. Look at him. Well, no, Why no question. Not his, his ability in? to run the ball is better than Tanner Mangum's. No I believe question he, on that. I believe his throwing motion is better. I believe he'll be able to push it down the field with more accuracy. Why not go with Zach Wilson? What if it doesn't work out, though? That's my question, Jeremy. What if it's terrible in the first half going with Zach Wilson? Then you have maimed both quarterbacks to a degree. I thought it was Hawaii, and they were bad. So now you tell you t- you're, yeah. you're banking on Hawaii, so it's like, what if it's not good against a bad defense? It can't be much worse. You're bottom 30. Why not? It can't be much worse. All right. There you go. The pros and cons of Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback. Brian Logan added his thoughts to the conversation on Saturday's special edition of BYU Sports Nation. He has it. He, he, he has the look. Uh, he has the confidence, the swag, the tools, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but, but what I see with, with Zach, and, and this is, again, my opinion from a defensive perspective, um, he opens up the playbook a lot more. And I would say just solely off of his ability to run the ball. Brian Logan on Zach Wilson pointing out what we just said. Zach Wilson has some shake. He's got some wiggle. He can run the ball. He is way more of a dual threat option. But is now the time? I'm just thinking about his arm, honestly. I'm not even thinking. And six years ago, BYU started a freshman against Hawaii, and it turned out really well. Uh, that freshman happened to be Taysom Hill, who mm-hmm. was an NFL who couldn't player. throw. <laughs> who couldn't throw in that game. He was awful throwing the ball. Uh, did it matter when he was running 70 yards for a touchdown? It was 66, baby. All of the awesome. defensive backs on Hawaii. Start team. Zach Wilson. At least let him play this week significantly. Oh, That's what I want. man. Oh, man. Our Let's question go. of the day. What did you do to cope with BYU's loss to Utah State this weekend? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> At 33, Gregorio ate two pints of ice cream. It comes in pints? Nice. That's, well, ben, ben and Jerry, right? That's, that's a lot. Is Ben and Jerry? Is that? I think that's the only ice cream I can think of that comes in like a pint. Lord of the Rings quote. Okay. Yeah. All right. At underscore no no just underscore Spade and underscore on Instagram. I at least felt a little bit optimistic about Zach Wilson's last drive. And again, I'm looking at okay, something's been poor. Mix it up. Go with the backup. And it's not all that it's that Zach Wilson per se. Like, I would say, if Joe Crystal was the backup, I would say, I think Joe Crystal needs to play this week. I would say that. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to join our conversation. Coming up, a look at what the BYU opponents did over the weekend and one that took a jump in the top 25. ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us with his college football expertise. What does his BYU football midseason report card look like? And who would he start against Hawaii? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today, following BYU Sports Nation at 1 Eastern, Gregor Bell talks with BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes and Elisa Tuiaki. That's today at 1 Eastern, top of the hour on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. We demand that you do so. You can also watch the show anytime at your convenience by going to BYUSN.com. Experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, however, and 
Why ever? Thank you. You want our question of the day. What did you do to cope with the BYU football loss to Utah State this weekend at BYU underscore game day answers on Twitter? I turned on general conference and regained a little bit of perspective on how football is just a game and not a big deal. Then I saw Utah beat Stanford and got upset again. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, in the day-to-day, it's a big, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We all are day-to-day, so that's just how it ends up being. Uh, yes, you know? especially with this show, right? Yeah, you can't, have, you can't have perspective all the time. That would be awesome, right? That's that's when we die, we'll be like we see all things that turn. Right now, I'm like, hey, Utah State and Hawaii, Zach Wilson. Yes, everybody has the tunnel temp- vision and recency bias rolling to a degree. Social media, get off of it. Temporal. What does BYU football's midseason report look like, and who should they start at quarterback when they host Hawaii this Saturday night at 10:15 Eastern, 8:15 Mountain Time? Those just two of the loaded topics that ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddish tackles in his one-on-one interview with Jerem Jordan. He joined us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Trevor, we've had the weekend to digest it or uh, maybe not digest it. I don't know. BYU loses 45-20 to Utah State on Friday. What's your initial reaction to that result? Well, it's kind of crushing in some ways because it's Utah State. They haven't beat BYU back-to-back years, I think, since the 70s. It's just to lose to them from a BYU perspective is just awful. To get blown out is worse. But at the same time, there's a couple of things you have to look at from a dispassionate analyst perspective. One is that Utah State is really, really good this year. I mean, they've got dudes, and they can play. Another is that Utah State the week before had a bye while BYU was up getting pounded by Washington. And so I think that really told in the second half, especially on defense, when the Utah State running game really took off and BYU just just didn't have much left. And so when you combine that with some sloppy play on both sides of the ball, uh, part of that I think was that they were just beat down. It, It adds up to a huge victory for the Aggies, and I'm happy for them and their fans. It's a great moment for them. But from a BYU perspective, oh, I think I think what the program needs right now is a collective nap. You know, a bye week would be good. If not, I think they just need to just take a nap, man, and just get some rest because they're they're beat up. Talking to Trevor Maddich of ESPN, the bye week comes after this next game against Hawaii, which we'll discuss in a moment. But against Utah State, it it didn't seem like anybody did anything really well in terms of what side of the ball, right? Offense, defense, special teams, there were all kinds of mistakes. But in your mind, where did it unravel the most? Uh, it unraveled the most that the offense couldn't, couldn't bust the grape in any way. I mean, you, you would expect the passing game to struggle a bit just because the passing game sort of always does. But even though Utah State was going to come up to the line of scrimmage and, and complicate the run with numbers, you would expect the, the running game to do better than it did. I mean, they had 14 yards rushing, BYU did, uh, until late in the fourth quarter when Wilson busted off a run um, as a quarterback. I mean, up to that point, the longest run that BYU had, Katoa had a five-yard run. Yay! <laughs> and even though BYU was, was pounded, and you know it was a very physical game a few weeks ago against Wisconsin, and then another very physical game 
against Washington. And really before that, I think Cal's defense is shaping up to be one of the better defenses in the country. And I think when you just add that up, then BYU's offense just wasn't able to get any push at all. And when you consider that the strength of this offense is the offensive line, I think that's where you know it just was not going to be their day. Well, we thought it was the strength. We'll see. I mean, we're halfway through the season now, and it's hard to uh, know BYU at 3-3. Three and three, And like you mentioned, 2.4 yards per carry, not going to do it. Cougars in Hawaii coming up Saturday. So now the question becomes this, Trevor. We are halfway through the season. Uh, BYU is bottom 30 in every major statistical category from points, yards, pass yards, rush yards, yards per play. And we saw a little bit of Zach Wilson at the end there. Have we seen enough of Tanner Mangum and a little bit enough, I guess, of Zach Wilson to think that perhaps BYU should start Zach Wilson or let him get some run on Saturday? Yeah, I think it would be a good idea to put him in. Not to start him, because you don't want to start him as a freshman, and if he struggles, then have to bench him again. That that would be horrible for his confidence. But but to give him a, a designed series late in the first quarter, or maybe the third series, and then maybe the seventh series, that kind of a thing, so that he can pre- study the plays that they're going to give him, give him an actual script, give him a chance to come see what the defense is doing from the bench, Come off the bench, run a series, go back to the bench and put Tanner back in. I think that's the way to develop them. And there's a couple of reasons why they should do that. One is that they're going to need to develop their quarterback for next year. Uh, that's something that's ongoing. It has nothing to do with the quality of the play of Tanner Mangum this year. It has everything to do with how you build a program. You've got to get your young guys ready to go. Another reason is that there seemed to be a spark when he came in at the end of the game last week against Utah State. Now, the game was over. Utah State had their backups in. It was just, you know, it, was, it wasn't the same as starting the game. But sometimes, even though it doesn't seem to make much sense, a different guy at quarterback creates a different atmosphere and a, and a different feeling. It's a spark. And you can't always anticipate it. It doesn't always seem to work. But sometimes it might. And I think right now this offense needs a spark. And it may be that a switch at quarterback without saying that Tanner should be benched or that blaming, pointing fingers at Tanner necessarily. Uh, this is kind of a team effort that the offense is struggling right now. But at the same time, when you put in a new guy, sometimes it works. And I think that the seniors deserve to know if Wilson can come in and give them that spark. I think BYU should seek to get it right instead of try and be right. Senior quarterback, whatever, right? We're talking to ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Uh, BYU at 3-3 three and three through 6. I think before the season, if you had said BYU's 3-3, three and three, we, we would all say, okay, I, I'd take that. But the way that BYU's played the last two games has been uh, straight-up pathetic, Trevor. So how would you evaluate how BYU is playing right now? And how did this team beat Wisconsin three weeks ago? Oh, they beat Wisconsin because they rose up and did the very best they could. And and they were tough on both lines. The D-line and the offensive line were phenomenal against Wisconsin. The passing game, they, they manufactured some throws that gave them some uh, important drive-extending plays, some big plays. The running game was creative. They used a lot of jet sweeps, and the wide receivers were a big factor in the running game, which Wisconsin, I think, didn't anticipate to the degree that they saw it. Other teams have seen it on film now. And Wisconsin helped BYU by dropping some passes, having some key penalties. And it all added up to BYU being able to pull it off. Uh, And BYU deserves tremendous credit for how they played. But, again, there's attrition. 
that happens. I mean, when, when, you, when you do that against a team like Wisconsin, you get beat down. And against McNeese the following week, you could tell BYU just wasn't sharp and they, they looked like they played with heavy legs. And then Washington just beat them down some more. And so I think the scheduling, you know, you want to schedule tough. You want to schedule these, these teams at the top tier of college football. But the way that it shakes out, BYU is still in the process of building up the depth, especially at the line of scrimmage, to be able to come out of games like that with enough freshness to continue forward. So I, I like the scheduling, but I think we're still a couple years away from Kalani Sataki being able to stack the lines of scrimmage with the kind of depth you need to stand up to that. Yeah, it's certainly a challenge, and BYU is not back, backing away from it, especially in September. In comes Hawaii, one of the surprise teams in college football, off the radar because the schedule hasn't been particularly tough, although I want to be careful about saying that because we said that about Utah State last week. Uh, Cole McDonald, uh, status unknown, didn't start last week for Hawaii, but that team's 6-1. and one. This is a team you played in the WAC back in the day. Uh, this, this is going to be an interesting matchup on Saturday night between the upstart Hawaii team and a BYU team that needs a win at home, Trevor. Yeah, and BYU will have to get after the quarterback. I mean, the pass rush has kind of been anemic, which happens when, you, when you've got heavy legs after getting kind of beat down a little bit. But the secondary has played pretty well. They've given up some big plays, but overall, I think the defensive backfield will have a chance to really shine in this game. And Hawaii's defense, not so good. I mean, this is a fun team to watch because they'll score a lot of points They'll give up a lot of points. I mean, right now, Hawaii is the leading scoring team in the Mountain West, but they also are one of the worst defensive teams from a point-allowed standpoint in the Mountain West Conference. So it should be a really, really fun game. But I'll tell you, the, the FPI, ESPN's Football Power Index, gave BYU about a 38% chance of winning the game against Utah State. So they, the FPI heavily favored Utah State, and they were right. They show BYU has an 87% chance of beating Hawaii. So if FPI is correct here, and if BYU can come out with a win, then they've got a really good chance of getting to a bowl game. Let's talk about the uh, week in college football nationally. Some great games coming up, uh, notably Georgia and LSU, Washington and Oregon, Wisconsin at Michigan. What's the best game this week in your opinion? Well, I think Wisconsin-Michigan is just massive. Both of those teams have one loss to a non-conference opponent. And both of those teams are legitimate contenders for the playoff. They could sweep and get out to uh, become a 12-1 and Big Ten championship. And it will be force against force because Wisconsin has one of the best offenses, rushing offenses in the country. And Michigan has a legitimate playoff caliber defense. So if that rushing offense isn't impeded, Wisconsin's, by some drop passes and penalties and things like that, like it was against BYU, then it'll just be a phenomenal, physical, old-school, throwback, smash-mouth kind of game. I love that game. I think a sneaky one, though, under the radar is Washington-Oregon. Yeah. Because there's a lot of hate in this game. I mean, that, you, you don't think of Washington-Oregon nationally as a, as a big rivalry. But two years ago, Washington went down there and scored 70 points at Austin Stadium. I mean, Jake Browning scores a touchdown, and as he's crossing the goal line, he's pointing his finger at a linebacker that's not quite close enough to stop him. Last year, Washington blew him out up in Seattle, and that same linebacker smashed Jake Browning in the, in the face mask. I mean, he hit him in the head hard in revenge. I think that's a sneaky, fun game to watch just because of the 
the, the sheer football hatred between those two teams is real. Having lived in the Northwest, I get it. I can't wait for this weekend. Should be fun. As always, Trevor, we appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, Jerem. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He's calling for a midseason nap for BYU. Maybe a that week nap too is late. next week, yeah. Right, right. Uh, and too then early. He likes the idea of playing Zach Wilson but not starting him. I think he needs to play significant time. BYU, by the way, an eight-point favorite against Hawaii. That says a lot about Hawaii. Hawaii has never, yes, that, and Hawaii has never won in Provo. It traditionally has been a really hard trip for them to Provo. And I don't know what, like, 1985 has to do with 2018, but, yeah, Hawaii's never won. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. Coming up are the midseason bowl projections. A big deal or no deal? It's back, baby. Uh, The lows and the sweep were very real this weekend in going for two. Wait, we're still doing we that? We have to do this again? Yeah. Oh. This is BYU Sports. That machine plus. Yeah. What? Tuesday nights on BYU TV, Breakdown Cougar Football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. It's Tuesday at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We rolling, and we're going to stay rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's BYUSN Headlines. BYU football back to work after a blowout home loss to the Aggies of Utah State on Friday night, 45-20. BYU now 3-3 three three this season through six games. They will host bowl eligible and 6-1 and Hawaii on Saturday night. These guys have never won in Provo. Interesting matchup on the way. The latest reaction from BYU coaches and players happens today following, beginning with coordinator's corner, right after BYU Sports Nation. Cougars in the NFL update. Jamal Williams had six carries for 33 yards and caught a two-point conversion in the Packers' loss to the Lions. And Niners linebacker Fred Warner had three tackles and a loss to the Cardinals. So his first game, sub-double-digit tackles. Monday night football goes down tonight with Taysom Hill, Drew Brees, and the New Orleans Saints. They host the Washington Redskins, quarterbacked by one Alex Smith, in the Big Easy at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Taysom Hill has rushed for 67 yards on seven attempts this season and has done a bunch of other things in several other categories. And the women's soccer team extends its win streak to four with an overtime win at San Diego, 2-1. Also, the women's volleyball team beat San Diego in four on Friday night as well. Can't wait to recap our going for two picks again. We did it on Saturday morning, and we're <laughs> going to do it again today. Super exciting. So let's go for two. Can you predict the future? No. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Let's just kick the edge. Yeah. Even then, one of those was good. Hey, Jerem, the honors are all yours, man. Why don't you lead us off? Number one, the game will be decided by single digits. Nope. 45-20, so that was wrong. And by luck. Number two, and the music's gone. Number two, BYU will score in the first quarter. Still only happened in one game this year. Oh, can you blame the music for Seven going points. away? Well, a lot's gone away this year. <laughs> you blame me for going away after that? <laughs> I can't. I think it's fitting, actually. I laugh to keep from crying. Number oh. one, BYU will hold Utah State to under 24 points. In the first half. Oh. Was that even the truth in the first half? Yeah, I guess 21, right? It was 21-7 at halftime. It's 21, yeah. 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 Uh, number two, BYU will outrush Utah State. Uh, gulp. <laughs> 223 rushing yards for Utah State. BYU had 39, and I think 25 of them came on one rush from Zach Wilson. It was a 26-yarder, actually. 
Well, he lost yard go. on another rush. There you go. All Your leading right. rusher. Standings Zach, now. I want BYU to play the leading rusher. Are going the last game. <laughs> are going for two standings. I have six <laughs> points out of a possible twelve. Jerem with four and a half out of a possible twelve. We are really accurate. Super awesome. Let's just say we're blind archmen. Well, at least I don't have to take you to Tucano's because we yep, pushed on right. our Hawaii bet, which takes us to our that's Monday right. look at BYU's 2018 football opponents. Hawaii, now 6-1. 6-1. and, one. Six and one. They, got, they got one vote in the AP poll, by the way. No one thinks they're good. Utah State is seven spots out in the AP poll. You know who is just behind Utah State? Utah. People working together. Hawaii held off Wyoming 17-13 on a Siobhan Cordero TD pass. Freshman quarterback. Wait, why is Cole McDonald not playing? Because he was injured in the game. Well, no, not in the game. Before the game. Before the game. No word if McDonald will be available this week against the Cougars. That could be a potentially huge break for BYU because he's one of the most prolific passers in the country. He has 24 touchdown passes. 24. Um, one of his receivers has 12, right? Yeah, John Ursua, who's from Utah. Mm-hmm. Who's on my list of uh, 10 and 10. Hawaii 6-1. and one. They're bowl eligible. Are, they play 13, so do they need to get 7? No, just 6. Are you sure? I'm, I'm positive. Well, That's the exception they're granted for being on the island. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good for them. They can play in their own bowl game now. Northern Illinois beats uh, Ball State. Boom goes to Dynamite. 24-16. Northern Illinois 3-3. Three and three. That's uh, They're a lot like next. BYU. Not great offensively. No, pretty, two weeks. Sorry. Pretty disciplined on defense, and they share the same record. Now, they also played a tough early schedule. Boise State drops their second game of the season in Boise. San Diego State beating the Broncos on the blue 19-13. Brett Rippon threw two interceptions. He was sacked four times. They're now 3-2. and two. UMass drops the shootout against South Florida, 58-42. UMass now 2-5 and five on the season. Does it make you nervous that UMass has put up 40-plus in a couple of games? Not really. Okay. Even though BYU's playing in November. It's no guaranteed win, though, now. See, After the way BYU's played the last two games, I go, eh, nothing's guaranteed. Boy. New Mexico State put up 49 points. They got their second win in a row as they handled the Flames of Liberty. Aggie quarterback Josh Adkins threw for 402 yards and four touchdowns in that win. Good for New Mexico State. Got a win, you know. They have two wins now, maybe? Two. two? Dose. Utah. They beat, they beat the uh, almighty UTEP the week before. Oh, yeah, UTEP. I remember yeah. them. Te- I, they go by Texas West. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Utah goes on the road, upsets 14th rank Stanford 40 21. Wow. The Utes have never lost at Stanford since they joined the Pac 12. Super weird stat. That is super weird. Hmm. Uh, the Cardinal played without Bryce Love. The Utes yeah. defense led the way with four uh, takeaways. Utah 3 and 2 now. Uh, before McGregor Khabib, I was just watching the Utah game, and I was like, oh, man. And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that fight was awesome. Now for the opponents that BYU has already faced. Two of them played each other. Cal at Arizona. Oh. And the Wildcats get a big 24-17 win over the Bears. They moved to 3-3. Three and three. How's BYU's RPI now? Cal turned the ball over four times in the second half, and the Wildcats converted two of those turnovers into touchdowns on the way to victory. The Bears are now 3-2. and two. Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor ran for 221 and three touchdowns as the Badgers take down Nebraska 41 and 24. Nebraska off to an 0 and 5 start. Ooh. So, as is UCLA, Jerem, wow. all the prestige of the Bruins. You need a podcast that's just anti UCLA. <laughs> Wisconsin's 15th in the latest AP poll, 4 and 1 on the season, plays at number 12 Michigan this week. College game Woo! day will be there. Okay, go Wisconsin. 
Go Wisconsin. McNeese got a three-point win over Abilene Christian. The Cowboys are 5-1 and one on the season. Their lone setback, of course, in Provo against BYU. And then Washington moves to 5-1 and one on the season. 31-24 win over UCLA. Eight clap that. Miles Gaskin ran for 116 and two touch. In the win, the Huskies jump from 10-7 to seven in the AP poll. So for recapping the opponents that BYU has faced with the expectations that we had for all of them in preseason, that's always an interesting conversation, right? Yeah. Today's not the day to do that, but it's always fun to go back it's and think. Clearly, today is about a different topic. Absolutely it is. <laughs> and <laughs> we've made it about week. we've added to that conversation. And the rest of the week. <laughs> oh, I think that uh big deal no deal should return, Jerem. Indeed. Coming up the return of big deal no deal. Uh, is anything yeah. no deal right now? Anything. Uh is Zach Wilson's performance on that final drive on Friday night a big deal or no deal? That among many other juicy Look at him go. You can watch this Saturday, potentially. Huh? This is BYU Sports Nation. Look at that. You want to see some more of that Saturday or no? No? You don't? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesdays at 8 Eastern, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake. As host Gregor Bell talks with Satake, a player and an assistant coach. It's Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the app. We had a short moratorium for our old friend, Big Deal, No Deal, but now it's back, baby. So let's do it. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Now, does this mean we get frequent flyer miles or something from Delta? Hey, that would be nice. I don't know if they (laughs) negotiated that. (laughs) Number one, Ben Bagley, what do you have for us? Frequent flyer miles are a big deal, yes. Big deal, no deal. Zach Wilson's performance in the final minutes of the game against Utah State. I go, no deal. What? Because it's one drive when the game's over. Thank you. Okay? Listen, the big deal is that BYU's offense has stunk for a year and a half. That's the big deal. Okay? There have been moments where BYU's been good, um, but I'm talking year and a half worth. No deal for Zach Wilson. It was a really nice drive, okay? Three of four. Uh, 55 yards uh, for him, you know, running the 26-yarder. That was nice. Nice throws, quick release. The one incompletion was just a dropped pass, too. Talon Shumway makes a heck of a catch uh, to aid the throw, but it was back shoulder and uh, well well, uh, spotted there, so no deal. It's a big deal for Zach because you want to go in and play well. I mean, it's sure. Those are the first. He didn't play well against McNeese, I would say. Like, he didn't make good throws. Like, it was just kind of rushed. He was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You want to come in and do well. So um, in his mind, it should be a big deal. In terms of the grand scheme of what BYU football wants to do and the season, I agree with you. It's no deal because those aren't meaningful plays to the outcome of a game. Then 45-13 already, with three minutes determined. to go. Yeah, it's already determined. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with you. It would be fun to see him in some meaningful snaps. The question is when and if that will happen. Yeah, keep waiting. Just keep waiting. Everything's going great. Keep waiting. I just think, wait, if it doesn't go well for Tanner Mangum against Hawaii and Hawaii's bad defense early, then I think you have the natural input there. You throw him in, and you can move forward with him after the bye week against Northern Illinois and go with Zach Wilson. But I just don't know. I don't know if now. Jorge, no. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU allowing 24.7 points a game this season. Now, that's not a huge number per se, uh, but I go big deal because 
And that's inflated over the last two weeks. Yes, BYU's allowed 80 points the last two weeks. I go big deal because this offense is not good enough to overcome that number right now. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it's it's a big deal because BYU absolutely needs to be under that magical number of 24. And they were for the first four games, which is well, why BYU they were averages and 21, so it's actually got to be at like 20. They, the, well, that's also been adjusted because BYU hasn't put up a ton of points. They put up seven against Washington and 20 against Utah State. And 30 against McNeese. So like the first 30. four games, BYU, I think, was above the 24 mark, and their defense was holding opponents below the 24 mark. And BYU was ranked 20. And they were 3-1. and 3-1. and one. So yeah, it's Crazy a big deal. BYU works. needs to have that number under under twenty four points, and they definitely can't surrender forty plus at Never home. surrender, never. I know Hawaii's offense good. If if Cole McDonald is not playing, oh good Put grief, up, yeah. Then BYU better better beat up on Hawaii. It's a freshman quarterback for Hawaii, Gatorade Player of the Year in uh, Hawaii. Number three. Last one, big deal, no deal. Mid-season bowl projections. <laughs> yes! No, no idea. Especially because BYU doesn't have a bowl contracted. BYU literally has to hope that Power 5 teams don't, conferences don't yield enough teams, and that always okay. happens, right? Okay. And then ESPN says, hey, we've got a good fit for you. So when random dude from SB Nation says, no, no, let's update BYU's it. in the quick lane tire yeah. bowl, yeah. who cares? Let's update it, okay? So ESPN, Sports Illustrated, USA Today, and Brett McMurphy, four people have BYU playing in the Frisco Bowl, which is in oh, Dallas, Texas. What do they know? Which is oh, like man. mid-December. Like it's one of the earliest bowl games. Uh, the first think Dallas, the first responder bowl used to be the heart of Dallas bowl. Yeah, that's also obviously in Dallas. Uh, some ESPN writers and CBS had the Cougars playing on December 26th in that game. 26th. Sweet. We'll be there for the, Christmas. Do you know where the quick lane tire bowl is? Uh, clearly that's in Calgary. Detroit might as well be Calgary. Oh, Detroit in December. Ziggy. Can we hang at your place? <laughs> Dallas or Detroit? I'll take Dallas. No comment. <laughs> Big deal, no deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Coming up, two undefeated teams at BYU and West Coast Conference play remain so after the weekend. Taysom Hill is playing on Monday Night Football <laughs> against a Utah quarterback on the other sideline. <laughs> Details on that coming up in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Shout out to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry, not sorry to Dennis Pita. We ran out of time. Let us whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Utah State beats BYU 45-20 Friday night, led by 223 rushing yards and two takeaways. Dope. BYU is 3-3. Three and three. Cougars host 6-1 Hawaii Saturday night. Check out Coordinator's Corner coming up at the top of the hour for continued reaction and a preview of the matchup with the Rainbow Warriors. I hope Cole McDonald is healthy. Honestly, I want to, I want to watch him E-I-E-I-O. play. I want to watch him play against BYU. ESPN Bowl projections are out for all to see. They have BYU in the Frisco Bowl in Dallas or the First Responder Bowl, also in Dallas. Sports Illustrated has the Cougars in the Frisco Bowl. CBS has the First Responder Bowl. And SB Nation has BYU playing in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. Dallas or Detroit, people? Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams had six carries for 33 yards, caught a two-point conversion as well. The Packers lost to the Lions. Niners linebacker Fred Warner had three tackles and a loss to the Cardinals. 
Monday Night Football tonight for Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints. They I'm take ready. on Alex football. Smith and the Washington Redskins. Okay. Quarterback quandary okay. in the Big Easy. Hill has rushed 67 yards this season on seven attempts. Soccer. Women's team extends its win streak to four with an overtime win at San Diego 2-1. Elise Flake scored the game winner. Cougars 3-0 in league play. Hey, okay. BYU men's soccer defeated BYU-Idaho 5-2 on Saturday. How, wh- wait, 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 wait. BYU-Idaho has sports? Wait, 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 I thought wait, wait. it was just intramurals. They have a club team, apparently? Wait, what? Are they going to get a football team, too? What? BYU-Idaho has a men's soccer club team? All right. Volleyball. They don't have shorts on campus. Huh? <laughs> BYU's Ronnie Jones-Perry is once again the West Coast Conference Player of the Week, the number one team in the country. Continues its unbeaten streak with a four-set win at San Diego. That was a big win. That's the rival to improve to 16-0. Cougars overseas. Jim Fredette league. scored 25 points, grabbed four rebounds, had three assists, and a Sharks win over the Bayai Rockets. Fredette and the Sharks play in Houston against the NBA's Rockets tomorrow. In Israel, Elijah Bryant had 21-3-3 in a Hope Elat loss. Tyler Haas had 17 points in 28 minutes of play in a Huesca victory in Spain. In France, Charles Boo had 11 points, 3 assists, and 2 steals in a Blois loss to Orleans. Uh-huh. Brandon Davies, 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 1 assist in a Zalgiris victory over Ritas. Swimming and diving. Brigham Young had 49 top 5 finishes in the Colorado Mesa Intermountain Shootout, including the dive team taking three through places 3 through 8 in the women's 1-meter event. Rugby. BYU Rugby beat Wyoming 113 to nothing. Really? Yes. And the women's team beat Utah Valley 40 to 22. Well done. Today's rise and shout belongs to who, Jerem? I kind of want to give it. Women's volleyball and soccer. Yeah, okay. Didn't care of business. All right. Against yeah. San Diego? Yeah, well played. Question of the day. What did you do to cope with the BYU loss to Utah State this weekend? Our elite voice of the day from Matt Ridgeline Day on Twitter. Told myself Utah State might be 10-2 at the end of the year. Ate all sorts of baked goods. Pretended the two-hour block will somehow fill the emptiness in my football soul. Well, in January, it'll start to. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Coordinator's Corner is next with Greg Rebeau, Jeff Grimes, and Elisa Tuiaki. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout-out to Kyle Morell. Go Cougs.